الحمد لله الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده لا نبي بعده ولا أمة بعد أمته ولا كتاب بعد كتابه ولا شريعة بعد شريعته أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم شهر رمضان الذي أنزل فيه القرآن وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بعد من أدرك رمضان فلم يغفر له صدق الله صدق الله العظيم وصدق رسوله الكريم ونحن لا ذلك من الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين Amongst the etiquette of Juma that you should try and sit as close as possible to the member We learn in a hadith of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the angels send special salutations to those occupy the front rows Salutations here mean that they make dua special dua for those people who occupy the front rows so it is very much advised that when we come for Jummah to try and sit as close as possible to the member. And look at the beauty of Islam, the etiquette of Islam, that Allah, that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he advises us to do a good deed, sitting close to the member, coming, occupying the front service, etc. And, but in order for us to actually do that, he teaches us how not to inconvenience others when doing that. And to save others from inconveniencing us, when doing that, Nabi Wasallam says, the person who comes close to the member, he listens attentively, and he does not jump over the shoulders of other people to occupy the front rows. Then this person, and amongst other things, and then this person, when he goes home from the Jummah, he will be forgiven. Look at it. One end is teaching you how to do the action, and on the other end is teaching you how not to inconvenience others. Now, the wisdom obviously is quite clear, that if you come and occupy the front rows first, then nobody will have to jump over our shoulders. But then if we don't occupy the front rows, then you're sitting apart, then somebody has to come and squeeze with a squeeze and try to make his way to the front. But if we fill the front rows, then we will be receiving that uh, blessings and those salutations from the malaika. And it was the habit of Maharun Rahmatullahi that whenever he would actually start a bayan, this was the first thing that he would encourage people to do come close to the member, listen attentively. And as far as listening attentive, attentively is concerned, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, give glad tidings to my servants who listen, who listen, who listen to the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Quran Majid, the hadith of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And they follow the best out of that. Meaning that also another meaning can be taken is they make the best out of whatever has been said to them. Remember nowadays we are no way, in no way short of information. Just if you look at your own phone, how many people or how many groups you are on. Sometimes it's more than four to five groups. The demand of the day is to ask ourselves how much of that information that we are getting are we practicing upon. Because always remember in the hadith of Rasulullah the virtues of knowledge are there, they are in its place. But more than that, Nabi Sallallahu emphasized practicing on whatever knowledge that we know. And as far as that is concerned, on Yom Al-Qiyamah, amongst the five or six questions that a person will be asked, and he will not be allowed to move until he answers these questions, وَمَاذَا amila fima alima? And how much of that that you knew did you practice upon? Allah Subhanahu wa won't ask you how much you knew, but of what you knew, how much of that did, we, did you practice upon? So let us try and inshallah whenever we are, whatever we are hearing, to sit with the near, 
to practice upon whatever has been said. With that being said, it is also a sign of gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we listen attentively and we make amal on whatever has been said. Not necessarily only on a Juma platform, on any platform. Maybe when Mufti Sahib has his program here, or any other alim comes to our masjid for a program, to listen attentively and to try our best to practice upon that. And that is a stepping stone also towards change. But more than that, it is gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no thing that we are, there is no favor that we are enjoying except that it's from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves that we show gratitude for whatever favors that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has showered upon us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran Majid, لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ That if you show gratitude, I will definitely increase you in whatever favor you are enjoying. Failure to do so, failure to show gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for whatever favors we are enjoying. Then na'udhu billah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes those favors away. And there are many ways Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes a person's favors away. One is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows you to keep the ni'mah, He allows you to keep the bounty. But you do not benefit from that. Ask a person who has a child who is disobedient to him. What a great favor a child is. But the child is disobedient to him. Then it becomes a wabal for him. Instead of a favor, the child becomes a wabal, becomes a calamity for him. Ask a person who gave his, his son or his child one of the best vehicles that he could afford. And he decided to drag race on a Friday night and he smashed that vehicle. Now he can no longer use that car. The car is parked off. He has that car but he is unable to use it. So this is one way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes the ni'mah, a bounty away from the person. And then the other is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows you to have the ni'mah at your disposal. But you are unable to benefit from that ni'mah at all. Look at the bounty of Ramadan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with the month of Ramadan. But then there are others who are not benefiting from the month of Ramadan in the way that we ought to benefit from the month of Ramadan. Now we need to ask ourselves as far as the groups that have been mentioned about the people who benefit from the month of Ramadan, in which group do we actually fit in? So starting with the hadith of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when the month of Ramadan had dawned or was about to begin, a few moments say before Maghrib, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam called the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum, and he said to them, Uhduru al-Mimbar. So the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala came close. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa told him, come close. Then when they came close, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, before beginning his address, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would sit down and begin his address, praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and then Amma Ba'd, etc., and then begin his address. But on that particular day, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he set foot on the first, on the first step of the member, he said, Ameen. And then on the second step, he said, Ameen. And then on the third step, he said, Ameen. Upon completion, the Sahaba radiallahu ta'alam, look at the keenness of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'alam, to learn from Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that talab, that desire to learn, all the time should be in every single one of us. That how much more of my deen can I learn? Why should I learn more? So that I can practice more. And when I practice more, I become closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So anyway, the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala asked Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, not disrespectfully, and not to test, like sometimes you get people who come to test, let's see, how much does this Mulana know? Let's ask him this question, just to see if he knows anything. But obviously the Sahaba had full love for Nabi Sallam and confidence in him. So they asked Nabi Sallam that we see that you did something contrary to the norm today. What is the reasoning behind it? They wanted to know so that they can practice, not just for information's sake. So then Nabi Sallam informed them that Jibreel came to me. And when I climb on the first rung, on the first step, he said to me, that may that person who finds the month of Ramadan 
and it does not or he fails to get himself forgiven by the, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may he be distanced may he be cursed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to so that I said Ameen then when he set foot on the second step he said Ba'uda man dhukirta indahu falam yusalli alayk may that person be distanced may he be cursed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that person who your name is mentioned in front of him and he fails to send salawat upon you and then upon the third step he said may that person who who fails, who finds his parents in old age, and he fails to serve them, to be in their service, and that leads to him, and that they do not, he does not, they do not become a means for him being entered into Jannah. And to that I said, Amin. Now, understand Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, first, Nabi Sallallahu was sent as a mercy to mankind. Nabi Sallallahu never cursed anybody in a hurry. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, used to make dua for those people who others would actually say, curse this person. Once a group of Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala witnessing the amount of inconvenience Nabi Sallallahu was witnessing and that they are not coming into Islam and one Sahabi had actually tried to invite his nation to Islam and they were not accept, accepting. So Nabi, he told Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that, Ya Nabi Allah, just curse them. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made dua instead of cursing that nation. Allah Mahdi those wa'ati bihim. Oh Allah, guide the tribe of those and bring them to me. And bring them to Islam. It so happened that from this tribe, Sayyiduna Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala, who narrates the most amounts of hadith from Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi he came from this tribe. So Nabi Sallallahu never cursed anybody in a hurry. But then on this particular instance, Nabi Sallallahu actually said, Ameen. Other riwayat we learn, Nabi Sallallahu was charged, instructed by Jibreel alayhi salatu to actually say, Ameen. Now let us look at the categories of these people. Number one is that person who finds the month of Ramadan and it does not become a means of him being forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why is this so? Because Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa taught us two months in advance that prepare for the month of Ramadan. How? Allahumma barik lana fi rajab wa sha'aban wa balighna Ramadan. We are asked before when the month of Rajab dawns, we are asked to recite this, this dua. Why? So that we can prepare for the month of Ramadan. Okay, then a person fails to actually prepare from then. Then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us another night, a special night, the 15th of Sha'aban. And in there, if you enumerate all the hadith that come with regards to those people who are not forgiven on that night, there are about eight people. And amongst them is that person, uh, amongst those people who will not be forgiven, are those people who are disrespectful to their parents. Those people who rank have had ill feelings for one another. And those people who are drinking wine, etc., drinking alcohol. If you observe, uh, you dissect this hadith of Rasulullah so much you learn, in these hadith, they are huququllah and huququl ibad. In other words, the rights of people and the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Get your affairs right with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Get your affairs right with your fellow human beings. So that when the month of Ramadan comes, you are fully prepared to receive, to receive from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As it is said, that the first group of people, who, are this, who, who is this first group of people, we'll get into them now. But then there's a third category. And which is the third category? Those people who are disrespectful towards their parents. They do not honor their parents. They do not respect their parents. Then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Ameen to this dua, may they be cursed. And remember the sin for being disrespectful towards the parents. A person will get punished in this dunya cash and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will punish him in the hereafter as well. That is how severe 
disrespect and sinning against the parents is. There is an incident that is narrated just so we understand the severity and the gravity of this. That one person was disrespectful to his parents. Whenever his parents used to advise him, that, Oh my son, beta, stop, stop doing wrong, stop drinking alcohol, stop doing sins, etc. Then he used to look at his mother and say, You are a nag, you are always nagging. There is no moment wherein you keep quiet and just let me be. Like how we hear children, they use all rude and obscene words to their parents. So then this parent, he, she kept quiet and never say anything to him. It so happened that this person passed away. When he passed away, exact the same time, whenever his parents used to admonish him, to scold him and stop him, comes, then this person used to come out from his grave. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it such, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is powerful over everything, that he used to come out from his grave, and he used to bray like a donkey. Just like how he was insulting his parents. He used to also say that you are braying like a donkey. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it such that he was braying like a donkey. And then he will go back into that grave. What a severe punishment that this, per- this person has been meted out. So we ought to be very careful about this. And an incident that we heard from Mufti Sahib Dhamad Barakatum of his Ping Obij. That a person saw his child. That he was dragging a blanket. They had some sort of shed outside. And he was dragging that blanket, the, the son was dragging the blanket. So he's observing, the father is observing the son. What is he doing with the blanket? So he takes the blanket and he puts it in a shade, he kneads in the shade, and he probably gets a pillow. So then the father observing the spectacle asked the son, that why did you do that? He said, but Abba, I saw you do the same thing for Nana, so I'm doing the same thing for you as well. In other words, because this man was ill-treating his parents and he kicked his father out of the house and he put him in a shed. So I'm preparing for you as well, for your shed as well. So how we treat our parents, that is how our children will treat us as well. It is a chain. May Allah SWT help us to stop this negative chain. So as far as people who benefit from the month of Ramadan are concerned, they can be grouped into another three categories as well. So the first group is the select servants of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. When the month of Ramadan comes in, it is for them a springboard. A springboard to propel them further into higher spiritual realms, into higher spiritual levels. They are already reciting the month of Quran, they are already reciting the Quran before the month of Ramadan dawns upon them. They are already doing zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are already refraining from sin. They are already doing righteous deeds before the month of Ramadan. So when the month of Ramadan comes, they just continue. And as a matter of fact, they only increase in closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this, this is the select servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which we all ought to aspire to be from. And then there is a second group. Then these people understand that the month of Ramadan has come. Shahrun azimun, shahrun mubarakun. A great month, a, a blessed month has come upon us. So they desist. They stop from sin. Because they know that the month of Ramadan is a sanctified month. It is a blessed month that we ought to respect. Like we hear that in the past people when it came to Friday, whatever wrong a person, whatever bad habits a person had, then they used to stop those bad, then they used to stop those bad habits. And in those houses where there were television, they used to cover it just because it is the month of it is Friday. And when the month of Ramadan came, even more respect they used to show because it is the month of Ramadan. Unfortunately, nowadays the respect has seemed to has seemed to have gone out of the Ummah. So the second group, they understand that the month of Ramadan is a sanctified month. It ought to be respected, so they stop whatever wrong they are doing. But then, when the month of Ramadan lapses, when the month when the, crescent of the new, when the crescent is sighted, then they revert back to their old ways. Now this is not the way of a Muslim, this is not a way of a person who is making Tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because really what is Tawbah? Tawbah number one is to stop sin. This man has done that much. 
But then there are two other steps that he needs to take. Al-Azmu ala Allah ya'ud. That he makes a firm resolve that, Ya Allah, I will never ever do that sin again. I'm stopping the sin and I'm not returning to that sin. And the person regrets whatever wrong he was doing. Now if a person is going to do the same wrong after the month of Ramadan, and he has a firm intention, that after the month of Ramadan I will continue. I was, for example, binging on Netflix. I was doing whatever wrong I was doing. Then I intend that after the month of Ramadan, I need to catch up on whatever I missed. Whatever sin I wasn't doing. So to say, he's saying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, Ya Allah, whatever sin I couldn't do in the month of Ramadan, I need to make qaza of that. You know, if a person doesn't make sin, make qaza of the sin, how is he going to enter Jannah? As if that person, Bazubani Hal, is saying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, I need to catch up on that sin. Ya Allah, I haven't earned your displeasure, so now I want to earn more of your displeasure. This is what the person is actually saying to Allah SWT by reverting to the wrong deeds after the month of Ramadan. So we ought to turn to Allah SWT in earnestness, never to return back to those sins. And then the third category is the worst of categories. For this second group, it's just a temporary, uh, temporary deterrent. And then the third group is the worst category. For them, there is no change, absolutely no change. A person hears about spots in the month of Ramadan, he wants to carry on watching the spot. He hears about a certain movie that come out, he wants to carry on watching that movie. There is nothing that is stopping him. For him, the month of Ramadan is the same. And some people actually go to the extent of actually missing sometimes the taraweeh, salah, and even the salah, say, no problem, read later on. Now, just to understand the severity of this, Maharun Rahmatullah used to say that whenever he had free time in the holidays, he used to ask himself, he remonstrated to himself, that I am free. I have free time at my disposal. I am not engaged in all those tasks that I, I am normally engaged in. So I ought to do more ibadah. And this was on a normal day when he had free time. Now look at our situation that today we have free time, extra time. But how many of us actually came early to the masjid? And what will we get for coming early to the masjid? The first per, the person who comes early to the masjid is like the person who has actually given a camel in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The person who comes after him the person is like a person who gave a cow in the path of Allah. The person who comes after him like a person who gave a sheep. The person who comes after him like a person who gave a chicken. The person who comes after him like the person who gave an egg in the path of Allah in sadaqah. Now we ought to ask ourselves, do we have this in our at mind present for, before us that we will be getting these rewards from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hence I need to come first. And it is actually said, وَمِنَ الْبَلَاءِ وَلِلْبَلَاءِ عَلَامَةٌ it is a great calamity and for calamities there are signs and what is the greatest calamity that we all are falling or has all be, has become all of us has fallen, befallen on us that whatever wrong you want to do you are not desisting in the least but you carry on to do the wrong you carry on to do the wrong this is a great calamity greater than the calamity of floods greater than the calamity of cyclones hitting different countries. This, why? Because a person who is hit by the cyclone who drowns, that person stands a chance of being a shaheed. But this person who is hit by this calamity of doing more wrong, then he will fall headlong, he'll be flung headlong into the fire of Jahannam. So then, another saying is actually mentioned, that Ara'u'nas, Abdullah bin Mubarak rahimahullah, he says, Ara'u'nasan bi'adna ad-deen qad qana'u. That I see people content with a minimal amount of deen. I come to the masjid, I'm reading my salah, I'm reading my sunnat, I am okay. But I 
But when it comes to the dunya, I got one mansion, I need to get another mansion. I got this car, I need to get that car. I bought this shoe, I need to buy another shoe. I have 50,000 in my bank account, I need to buy more. But what actually counts in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, just to wrap, wrap up. Once there was a person, there was a king who was observing that his, the, the, the conditions of his subjects has, is actually deteriorating. So he endeavored to remedy the situation. And he told the wazirs, his ministers, his advisors, that send a notice, send out an elan, make an elan an announcement to the whole kingdom, that whoever speaks a lie, whoever does wrong, he will be punished and he will be liable to a fine. So when this message was sent out, this announcement was made, the king didn't even disguise, disguise himself, set out with his advisors to observe if people are actually abiding by this law. So after walking the whole entire kingdom, you notice that people are right fairly, they are quiet, they are not saying much, they are behaving to some extent. So he stopped by one shop and he began speaking to the shopkeeper. Ask him how you find the law, etc. And then after that he asked him, how much money are you making? So this person says, 70,000. 70,000 rand a month. He looks at the stock around, says, no, it can't be 70,000 rand. So then he asks him, how many children you have? He says, I have one son. He looks, he says, okay, it's possible. And then he asks him, what's your age? He says, I'm 40. But then looking at the man, he looks like he's 60. So he takes down, the advisor tells the king that this doesn't look right. So he takes down the record of the person, the records of the person, and he goes to the castle, and they verify the information. When they verify the information, they find that this man, he's, he has paid, his taxes are only 70,000 rand. When they check how many children he has, he has four sons. And when they looked at his age, they say this man is around 60 or 70. So the king summons him, he calls him to the palace, and he asked him that, look, this, this is what you said and this is what we have in record. So why did you say this? Now you need to pay the fine and you need to be punished. So he asked that, uh, can I actually explain why I actually said that? So he says, as far as the 70,000 rand is concerned, that is how much I've advanced for myself in the hereafter. So everything else that I have doesn't really count, but this 70,000 rand is the money that I spent purely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he asked him, that what about the children? You said you got one son, but you got four sons. He said, that is one child that is obedient to me. The rest are disobedient to me. So they are of no benefit for me in the hereafter. They will be of no benefit in the hereafter. We know the hadith. And then he asked him, what about your age? He says, I am 40 years, I, I, I'm 60 years, but oh, I've only changed my life in the, in the recent, from 40 years ago, I've only changed my life. So the other 20 or 30 years doesn't really count. So what we learn from the story of this person is that what we will advance for ourselves, what, not what we have done in the past, but what we will advance for ourselves in terms of good deeds, that is what will benefit us in the hereafter. So the month of Ramadan is here, 15 days have already elapsed, and itikaf also will be dawning soon. Let us try and take out time for itikaf. Some of us have never been for itikaf. Let us make this intention this year, that inshallah we'll spend some time in itikaf. If not sunnah, then nafil. And other good deeds, to read more Quran Majid. Say, uh, Imam Bukhari rahimahullah used to read 40 Quran Majids in the, month of, in the month of Ramadan. So we ought to be increasing our recitation in the month of Ramadan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us tawfiq to uh, practice on whatever has been said. And the four things that we ought to do abundantly in the month of Ramadan, seeking istighfar from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, asking for jannah, etc. The poster is probably up. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'awan. Alhamdulillah.